5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. Alright, we are continuing with Dysfunctional Family Tree today, and in our journey, we uh, made it all the way to, to Samuel, and Samuel's leading the people, he's doing pretty well. Um, Samuel's not going to be the the character we're going to, um, to dethrone today, um, because not many people put Samuel on a pedestal, even though he actually is a pretty straight shooter. Um, but what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 8, this is not necessarily a person in the family tree, but it's, it's kind of a whole branch in the family tree at the time. So 1 Samuel chapter 8, up until this time, God was using judges in order to really lead the people and bring them in the direction God wanted them to go. Now, Samuel was kind of the last judge, first prophet. Um, yeah, there's kind of a, a mix between that. He was trying to lead, but then as he was getting older, in First uh, Samuel chapter 8, it says the people came to him and says, look, now you're old, your sons aren't like you, give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. And Samuel, verse 6, was displeased with their request, went to the Lord for guidance, do everything they say to you. The Lord replied, for they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And now you're giving the same treatment. They're giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask. But solemnly warn them, warn them that they may, that the way a king will reign over them. So this is the way that a king's going to reign over them. Verse 10. So Samuel passed on the Lord's warning to the people who were asking for a king. This is how a king will reign over you, Samuel said. The king will draft your sons and assign them to his chariots and his charioteers, making them run before his chariots. Some will be generals and captains in his army. Some will be forced to plow in his fields and harvest his crops. And some will make his weapons and chariot equipment. The king will take your daughters from you and force them to cook and bake and make perfumes for him. He will take away the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his own officials. He will take a tenth of your grain, your grape harvest, and distribute it among his officers and attendants. He will take your male and female slaves and demand the finest of your cattle and donkeys for his own use. He will demand a tenth of your flocks and you will be his slaves. When that day comes, you will... Beg for relief from this king you are demanding, but then the Lord will not help you. But the people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king, they said. We want to be like the nations around us. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. So here's the, the problem, right? And this is where we find the dysfunction that occurs even amongst these people. They're looking around at all the rest of the nations, and they're saying, well, they seem to be going pretty well. You know, things seem to be happening over there, and that nation's pretty prosperous, and that one looks like it's okay. You know, but looking from the outside in is always, you know, something that's, that's real dangerous. It's kind of like going to social media pages today, and people present the things that they want people to see what they want people to know. The rest of it is happening in real life, 
and it's not always the prettiest. And so what happens? We see and idealize the things that are on the outside, not knowing what's actually happening. The same thing that's happening with the Israelites at the time in this whole branch of the tree right now. In the family, we have these people who are saying, God, we don't trust you to lead us because, you know, ultimately, what do they, you know, they have, they want to be able to see the person. And God's like, well, I'm here. I've already made that clear, you know, through prophets and judges and all that other. And they're like, no, no, we, we want to see the king. And they, you know, God says, here's the warning. Right? I, I know you're rejecting me, but here's the warning. Like your king is not gonna be or do what you think. Because you think that the king is kind of gonna work for you, but you're gonna be working for the king. Everything that you have, oh yeah, that's gonna belong to the king. Everything that you work for, oh, all of that, kings. And God's trying to be able to make that clear for them. And to be able to set that out in front of them, even before it happens. And all of these things will come true. Every single one of these things will come true about the kings that come up. And yet they're like, no, nope, we still kind of like to be like everyone else. And I, I think that is always the pressure. And you know, we talk about peer pressure. But really, I mean, it doesn't end. It doesn't end when after we're done with school. Peer pressure continues because it's saying, do you look like us? Are you going to be like us? Everything needs to be lined up in this way. Are you making sure that happens? And we look around at these people. We idealize and idolize people and their experiences and who they are and what they're about. And then we say, we just need to become like that. And that's a danger because that's not jumping into real life. I mean, in discipleship, what we're doing is saying, you know, almost as, and I go back to, to, to Paul when he says, you know, come and, uh, and, and do what I'm doing because I'm also following Jesus. So I'm trying to become like Jesus. So if you're trying to become like me, then we're all trying to become like Jesus. And that's the, the real direction and trajectory that should, we should be headed in that direction, that we're trying to do that, trying to model after that. But too many times we abandon it and go after the things that make us look like everyone else. So God is still faithful in this, even though he's like, I'm just going to hand it over to him. Let him have it. God is still faithful with these people. I mean, even, even through generations, one of the things that um, we'll, we'll see you know, in, in these people and you know, even within the next probably 100 years in that time frame there, um, maybe even last 50 years, um, you'll, you'll start to see that there's exile moments. And, and every moment it says, and there was a remnant that always was there. And God is knowing that there are people who are going to jump ship. And God's saying, don't worry, I'm going to be faithful to this. I'm faithful to this family. I'm faithful for the promises that I've already made, and I'm going to be faithful generation after generation after generation. It's the same thing I want you to be able to trust today, that God's same promises are true for you today. God's going to be faithful to them, 
All right, everybody. We are going to end there for the week. We will be back again. Um, maybe Monday. We'll we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll check on it. There's there might be a new schedule that we'll put into place soon. So have a great day, everybody. Take care. <laughs>